This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Over 2 million men worldwide choose Manscaped for all their below-the-waist needs. For those that love the Lawnmower 3.0, well, I got news for you. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all through additional guards lengths, sizes one through four. And looks wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish, even features a hot foil stamp, black chrome Manscaped logo. Show your more off loud and proud. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints, and you will save 20% off of the lawnmower 4.0 as well as other manscaped items that's manscaped.com Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. And happy Friday to you because we're recording this show on a Friday. And yes, I am not behind a camera, Who That Nation, because your boy just got off work. That's right. Your boy just got off work and... uh I just didn't want to get behind a camera, man. And then on top of that, Paxton is here with me. Say hey. hey. All right, we got Paxton. We got the packing man with me. And, you know, he's going to be in and out. So he's going to be getting a lot of my attention. And, uh, you know, so I just decided to kind of, you know, just be on audio. But thank you all so much. Really do appreciate your time. We're going to be talking about uh, the New Orleans Saints, of course. We're going to be talking about quarterback Trevor Simeon. And, of course, Trevor Simeon has been appointed the starting quarterback this week versus the Atlanta Falcons. Now, this game has a shock to some people because, of course, we know about the quarterback competition. You know, we know about the quarterback competition that is uh, taking place. And, uh, you know, in, in the preseason with Jameis Winston and also with uh, Taysom Hill. So the fact that we have... And as Paxton in the background, he's playing with his toy vacuum cleaner. But anyway, we all know about the quarterback competition between he and Jameis Winston. <laughs> Winston. Winston <laughs> during preseason. So a lot of people were a little bit shocked at the fact that Trevor Simeon actually got the start. But for me, I think that this was the best decision the Saints could make. I just believe that Taysom Hill 
can serve the Saints better as his Swiss Army role. You look at the wide receiver group, pretty much non-existent. You look at, uh, you know, Alvin Kamara is basically being the only <laughs> viable offensive weapon that the Saints have, him and uh, Taysom Hill. So I think by having Trevor Simeon come in and serve as that starting quarterback, I think that it is going to serve the Saints uh, really well. Uh, you know, Trevor Simeon came in, uh, you know, early in the game versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he did a formidable job. You know, I mean, it was nothing to hoop and holler about. I mean, he just kept the ship afloat, right? He just made sure that it didn't sink. And uh, Trevor Simeon, I mean, he's a he's a smart guy, you know, he's an intelligent guy. Uh, he's been around the league for quite some time. He's been a backup. Uh, you know, he's even been a Super Bowl champion. He was a part of that Super Bowl 50 team. Uh, with the Denver Broncos, and uh, he has a couple career starts as well. So, I mean, this is a guy that knows what he's doing, and I think that if you look at the Atlanta Falcons, and no disrespect to Atlanta Falcons, well, kind of, uh, they're not really good. You know, it's not like the Saints are going up against some top-tier competition, and I'm not looking past Atlanta because I know that Atlanta is capable of beating the New Orleans Saints. We don't know what Arthur Smith has in store. we never seen him play. The last time I seen Arthur Smith actually play against the Saints, uh, you know, actually call a game was with the Tennessee Titans when he was the offensive coordinator. And uh, the Saints were lucky to get out of Nashville with a win. So I'm not going to completely dismiss the capabilities of head coach Arthur Smith, but I do feel like the New Orleans Saints uh, as a coaching staff can have the right recipe to knock off the Atlanta Falcons. And I know there are a lot of Taysom Hill fans out there that want to whine and boo-hoo and cry themselves to sleep here tonight that they found out that their precious Taysom Hill isn't going to be the starting quarterback but I'm just going to be 100 real with you y'all know how I do it here on State of the Saints podcast I don't sugarcoat that's for the other shows okay now I ain't calling no other shows you know what I'm saying in particular but y'all know the ones I'm talking about all right we all know that uh Taysom Hill is not very good at all the throws at the quarterback position uh I just feel like you know when it comes to the quarterback position, he leaves a lot to be desired. And not to mention, uh, I have a very funny nickname. I call him Taysom Gillikin because when he throws the ball down the field, it looks like a damn punt. And I'm just being honest with you. The Saints, they have some down the field threats. They got some guys that can get the, you know, that can get the ball uh, when they get down the field. And uh, I just feel like waiting on Taysom Hill to get the ball where it needs to be is not where it is. Okay. Now, if you're talking about short intermediate throws, then, you know, I mean, it's cool, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, a guy that can make all the throws, you know, I don't think that Taysom is the answer. And not to mention that I just feel like, you know, Taysom serves serves well in that Swiss Army role. I mean, he's been doing a really good job. And I'm just really concerned about Taysom Hill's uh, health when it comes to concussions. I mean, this was his third concussion in the course of a year. Now, we look at it from a, you know what I'm saying, a seasonal standpoint. But this guy's had three concussions in a year, and that's dangerous, right? You know, so – I definitely want him to be 100% well. I don't want him to be out there, you know, getting himself hurt, you know what I'm saying, or getting himself concussed again because when you start to get those multiple concussions, that's when it starts to get a little bit uh, scary, you know, starts to get a little bit scary. But uh, thank you all so much for those that are following into the chat. Uh, I really do appreciate it. Really do appreciate all the people that are, or chiming in right now, special shout out to some of the familiars out there. Ghostface, we got King Arthur here, we got Kimo, we got Jerry Pore, we got uh Tyra up in this thing. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So many others. We got Mario in the building. And uh 
I want to say thank you all. You know, I really do appreciate you all. And thank you for bearing with me. You know, I took a couple, uh, took about a week off, man, to just try to recharge the batteries. I was going through a little bit of a transition, you know, with jobs and everything like that. And also, man, just my, you know, my mental space, you know, is, you know, I want to make sure that I wasn't uh side, you know, giving people just, just half-assing it, you know, so I'm just being real, you know, I, I like to be as authentic as I possibly can. And if I'm not giving you all authenticity, um, you know, I, I, I'd rather not do a show. So thank y'all so much for those that uh, reached out to me. I'm fine. Everything's cool. Uh, I just decided to take some time off to just kind of, you know, recharge the batteries. Uh, and also before I get started and before I start reading, uh, you know, your comments, um, also, uh, the state of saints podcast uh, we're doing a uh, a little bit of a fundraiser we're raising money for the conaway family for those that probably stay in the mississippi area um or close to uh mississippi uh jackson mississippi a uh, good friend of mine um her name is uh, allison conaway she ended up uh uh she ended up tragically dying in a car accident uh, a drunk driver hit her uh and killed her and a six-month-old son and uh, her two daughters are fighting right now in ICU. Uh, Allison was a good friend of mine. You know, we went to Jackson State together uh, back in uh, from well, 05 to 2008. You know what I'm saying? She was a good friend of mine. Uh, she crossed Sigma Gamma Row spring of 07. I crossed Iota Phi Theta back in spring of 07. And, uh, you know, we became like really close friends with her and a lot, you know, her and a lot sisters along with my my frat brother. So, um, you know, she ended up... Uh, tragically passing away her uh and her uh, six-month-old son that's a picture of their family so uh, her husband uh, charles conaway uh we want to raise some money you know saying to give to him and, and the conaway family and for those that uh, may know the story keep the conaway family in your prayers because uh you know i just watched a, a interview uh with the brother charles conaway and um uh, you know it, it was it was really sad to watch so Keep that family in your prayers, man. Keep your family in your prayers. The link is down in the bottom. So if you look, I, I'm just doing, I'm just saying, like, if you want to donate to the State of Saints podcast, fine. But I would prefer for you all to hit that link and get the money that you are going to give to the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, I will ask that you give it, uh, you know, in the form of that fundraiser. That link is available right now. So uh, lift that family up in prayer. That's sad stuff right there, man. That, was, that, was, that girl was a wonderful, wonderful person. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and get, uh, get started. King Newman says, "If you are a real Taysom fan, then you'll leave him uh, at the Swiss Army uh, knife roll." Well, I, I look. I think there's a lot of people out there, King, that want to see Taysom Hill succeed at quarterback, and I have no problem with that. I have no qualms with that. But I think that we need to be realistic. Now, there are probably some people out there that probably feel, "Well, Jameis is hurt; he's out for the year." Michael Thomas is hurt. He's out for the year. The Saints don't really have too many offensive weapons. And maybe, you know, saying this is one of those years where just like anything that good can happen, <coughs> excuse me, that can possibly happen. You know, I'm all for it, but I'm not expecting anything. I get it. So maybe you want to figure out what Taysom can do. But look at the New Orleans Saints, man. The New Orleans Saints are in a position they have no business being in. If you look at all the guys that have been hurt uh, this entire season, been uh in and out of the injury room you know what i'm saying in and out the hot tub if you will and the saints still as of right now or you know what i'm saying or a team that only have two losses i mean that's that's pretty damn incredible and that's a really good job uh by the coaching staff 
So when you look at, uh, you know, the situation, I think the Saints are still in it. They still are a playoff team and they're not mathematically eliminated just because they have a few injuries. And I don't think that Sean Payton is looking at it that way either. And the thing about Sean Payton, you have to give him a lot of credit because here's Taysom Hill, a guy that, you know, I feel in my heart he wants uh, to see succeed at the quarterback position. But for him to, you know, you know, grin and bear it and be like, okay, man, we're going to go with Trevor because we feel like Trevor can give us that best, you know, the best chance of winning. I think that that's admirable of him, especially since Taysom was a part of that quarterback competition in preseason. So I have to give him respect on that because a lot of people may have thought maybe because, you know, Taysom and Jameis were in that quarterback competition, Taysom comes back, get a full, full day of practice. Maybe he'll be the starting quarterback. But uh, Sean Payton said not so fast. I'm going to stroll down a little bit. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't see the Suck fans in the chat, and y'all know why. <laughs> well, we know why they're not in the chat. The reason why they're in the chat, they're not in there, uh, because they talked all that noise. <clears throat> see, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, really thought, you know, that the Saints were just like a, a wounded animal, you know what I'm saying? They were like the hyena, you know what I'm saying? They were, the, or the buzzard, if you will, flying around waiting for that carcass to die. And they thought, oh man, the Saints don't have this. They don't have receivers. You know what I'm saying? They don't have quarterback now because Jameis then got hurt. <coughs> y'all y'all just hopeless. Y'all hopeless got dug it. But lo and behold, the New Orleans Saints still mustered up enough strength to get that dug. And what can they possibly say? Like, honestly, what can they possibly say? Who was really hurt, right? You basically have all your defense intact. Or are you going to say, what about the secondary? Look, there's nothing a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan can tell me that can convince me that they were more behind the eight ball going into the game versus the Saints than the Saints were, okay? Because the Saints basically been playing with house money the entire season. Like, honestly, man, nobody really has expected the Saints to do what they have been doing this season. Like everybody that you pick, every aficionado that you see are saying that, oh man, they just, they're going to fail. And the fact that the Saints have beaten their beloved Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what more can you say? The Saints are making the national media look like idiots. I'm I'm serious. And and it is, and I, I am enjoying it. It is lovely to watch. It's so lovely to watch smug SOBs finally get their comeuppance finally getting them to shut the hell up ain't don't it feel good don't it feel good for all these people out here they always act like they know what they talking about finally shutting the hell up i mean it feels so freaking good i don't know about you but it feels good to me it, it feels good i'm gonna scroll down a little bit uh veto in the house says why won't the Saints acknowledge that? Why won't the Saints acknowledge us as a rival, but acknowledge the Falcons, Bucks fans? Because n- nobody cares. I don't want to say nobody cares. It's just the fact that you just don't become a rival just because who's on your team. Like a rivalry is built is we win one, you win one. It's a knockout, drag out brawl. You don't know who's going to win. One team may win one year. But the Saints have been dominating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? You know, we've been dominating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And yeah, they'll say, well, we got y'all when it count. But still, we've been dragging their tails 
I'm just, I'm being dead serious, man. I, I'm be, look. If we fight, this this is equivalent to me, and this for all my boxing fans out here. This is the this is the prime example of a Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury fight. If you've been following that trilogy, you seen in the first fight, you seen uh you know you seen Deontay Wilder knock down Tyson Fury, knocked him out. You know what I'm saying? Like to a point where people thought that he was gonna be down. You got him. You know what I'm saying? But then the last two fights, it, it wasn't even really a contest. You know what I'm saying? Like Tyson Fury won convincingly. The New Orleans Saints are just like they just they match up better against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers than any other team. Against Tom Brady, the New Orleans Saints dominate Tom Brady. The New Orleans Saints are the only team since Tampa Bay has gotten Tom Brady to make Tom Brady look and feel as if he's 44 years old. No other team has done this. And they can talk about, you know what I'm saying, some of the things that happened in the playoffs. I will give them that. I will give them props for that, okay? They won when it mattered most, the playoffs. But the, the, the national media will try to convince you that because Tampa won in the playoffs, that they're just leaps and bounds better than the Saints. And that ain't true. That ain't true. I look at the New York football giants. The New York football giants beat an undefeated New England Patriots team. You know what I'm saying? A, a team that was undefeated in the regular season. Do I feel like that New York Giants team was better than that New England Patriots team? No, I do not. Okay? They played better to a point where they had more points at the end, but that doesn't mean that they were better than the New England Patriots. Okay? I think that people just have this 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 misconception that when you know what I'm saying at a, at a certain point of importance if my team beat your team that means they're better no it doesn't anybody like think about this Texas A&M knocked off Alabama would you bet that Texas A&M can knock off Alabama again if they play it again this season probably not it happens you know what I'm saying that don't mean that they're better but I will say this I feel like the New Orleans Saints when it comes down to it they find ways to beat Tampa and they make it seem relatively easy. I'm just being serious. They make it look easy. Now you can talk about Antonio Brown not being there in the secondary, but at the same time, the Saints have been dealing with injuries all damn season. So it's hard for me to sit up here and just talk about the Buccaneers and make it seem like, you know, I got sympathy for them. And they're not a they're, they're a rivalry based on division, but they're not the rivalry of the division. It's it's the Falcons. It's the Falcons and then the, the Panthers and then the Bucks. You know, the Bucks, you know what I'm saying? Like the Bucks to me is like the little brother who used to get beat in basketball all the time. But then all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? He had a little growth spurt. He got a little taller than everybody else. He won a game, right? You know what I'm saying? But, you know, that don't still don't mean that we ain't slapped you around all them years. That just mean that you didn't got tall. You know, go sit down somewhere. But we'll see. We'll see. Bro, and where were the Bucks before Brady in the trash? And where will the Bucks be when Brady leaves? Unless they get somebody that's really valuable. Like, like if Aaron Rodgers leaves the Green Bay Packers and pay, uh, Brady retires and he falls into their lap again. Or somebody else that's, that's you know, climbing up the range like a Russell Wilson or something. Maybe. But at the same time, like, the Buccaneers, you know, they, they found lightning in a bottle. You know, they fall lightning in a bottle, but can they sustain that type of success once once Tom Brady leaves? 
I don't think so. I don't think so. TJ, we have a Super Bowl caliber defense, a serviceable quarterback, and a great coach. Okay. Uh, as much as this messes with our blood pressure, one game at a time, bro, we can make a deep run despite the odds. I'm going to be real with you, Keen Arthur. You know what this Saints team reminds me of? And I don't know if this going to happen. But some of y'all probably know what I'm talking about. Back in 1999, you had the St. Louis Rams. You know what I'm saying? You had the St. Louis Rams. They, they paid a lot of money to a quarterback named Trent Green. He ends up getting hurt in the preseason. And all the hopes and dreams of the St. Louis Rams went into the trash. And you had Dick Vermeil come behind that pole, you know, he come behind the microphone and says, we're going to rally around Kurt Warner and we're going to play good football. Here was a guy that was bagging groceries, playing in an arena football league where nobody knew exactly who, who Kurt Warner was or where he came from. And lo and behold, he wasn't the Kurt Warner that we know him as today. Okay, it took him a couple years, but he played serviceable football. He played behind a running back who could catch out of the backfield and run in between the tackles by the name of Marshall Falk. Don't we have somebody that can catch the ball out of the backfield and run in between the tackles? He has some young players that can get down the field like a Torrey Holt. Can we, don't we have some wide receivers that can get behind the defense? You know, so, and they had a really good defense, right? So I'm not saying they are the Rams. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about like, we see the Rams as the greatest show on turf, but that was like 0102. 99, they were a team that was so unproven and thought that their season was in shambles because Trent Green was hurt. You got a lot of Saints fans today feel like the Saints uh, season isn't in turmoil because Jameis Winston is hurt. So wasn't Kurt Warner a serviceable quarterback at that particular time, right? And he was behind one of the a really good architectural offensive mind in Mike Martz. I think that Trevor Simeon is behind one of a very innovative offensive mind in Sean Payton. So I'm not saying that the Saints going to the Super Bowl. All I'm saying is for those that may feel like it is over, you might want to look at 1999 Rams when they thought that everything was over. I'm, I'm just I'm I'm just being 100. I'm I mean some people might think that I'm losing my dog on mine, but I'm just I'm just being 100 real with you. You know, this, this this smells and reminds me a lot of that Rams team, man. The same scenario, the same amount of injuries, but they found ways to win. Even in, the, you know what I'm saying, they had no business beating that Tennessee Titans team with Eddie George and Steve McNair. Everybody thought the Rams were going to lose that game. I thought the Rams were going to lose that game. And I was honestly rooting for, uh, you know, Steve McNair, you know, you know, him going to HBCU and stuff like that back in the day, going to all corn, even though I can't stand all corn today. I don't know what I was thinking, but anyway, I was rooting for him. So they had no business and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. So stranger things have happened, folks. Kim says, I forgot who said it on TV the other day, but they was like, let's not forget Brady didn't play well in the playoffs. It was the Saints who turned the ball over and gave the game away. Look, they find ways to win, Kim, and, and, you know, I'm not going to knock them for that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to knock them for finding ways to win. I just feel like they need to slow their roll if they're just sitting up here talking about they just that much better than the Saints. Okay? It's just, you know, people, society has shown us and said to us, if you win the Super Bowl, you're the best team 
in the league. Now, by winning the Lombardi, you're the last team standing. Doesn't always tell a story. You're not going to tell me. You're not going to tell me that, the, like I said, the undefeated Patriots were not weren't better than the New York Giants. You're not going to tell me that Titans team wasn't better than the Rams. You're not, you're not going to tell me that, man. There are times where teams scheme better than others and they end up winning a game. And because they won the game, the history will tell a different story. But if you peel it back layer by layer, it will tell a story. I mean, it, it is what it is, man. They won the Super Bowl, and, and, and I give them credit for that. It's tough to win in this league. and definitely tough to win a Super Bowl. But I'm not going to sit up here and just say that they, you know, they dominate. Like, I'm just going to forget about the regular season and saying slapping them around. They won when it counted. I will give them that. But for me to sit up here and say they were better, just better than the Saints, I don't believe that. Booker McFarlane said, I win, don't count because they didn't have all their people. <clears throat> well, Booker McFarlane, uh, <laughs> there's a reason why nobody really pays attention to what the hell he says because that doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, the it, it's so crazy, right? Because at the beginning of the week, everybody thought that the New Orleans Saints are, were going to lose because they didn't have anybody. No Michael Thomas. Uh, they don't have no wide receivers that can match the firepower. How are they going to score with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? What they going to do? All they got is Alvin Kamara. That's what they said. So because the Saints were behind the eight ball, that was the main reason why everybody was picking Tampa, right? So all of a sudden, Tampa goes into the game and loses. Now all of a sudden, no A.B., the secondary. I'm like, who was Trevor Simeon throwing to? Was he throwing to, to, to Megatron up in this thing? Was he throwing to Randy Moss? He threw a 38-yard pass to Kevin White, okay? And ever since then, people are treating Kevin White like he's from the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I, I mean, I understand it. It was a bunch of unheralded heroes, okay? It, it was even a point where the announcer, when Kevin White caught the pass, he was like, who are these guys? Because nobody knew who they were. If you aren't a Saints fan, you don't know about the Saints wide receiver group. You don't know. You don't know what the heck is going on. So miss me with the nonsense. That's that's all I'm saying, man. Don't like don't don't act as if I didn't see y'all talking all week long. Don't 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 make it seem like I didn't. You know, like like Cat Williams said, don't you know we can see you? Don't you know we see what you're saying? You know, what I'm saying on the TV and how animated you are. Don't you know we can hear what you're saying and rather and see you on television? We can see this. You know, and for those that, you know what I'm saying, aren't blessed with vision, they can hear it. T. Schmitty says media going to be mad. Jameis, the Saints quarterback in 2022. I believe that. Me personally, I feel like Jameis done enough this season for him to come back as a New Orleans Saints quarterback. Now, I will say this. The Saints may have gotten lucky, unfortunate for Jameis, but lucky for the Saints. Because if Jameis who was on a trajectory to throw 35 to 40 touchdowns and have about 10 or 12 interceptions this, this season. If he would have came out there and, and put up those type of stats, yes, they would have had a bidding war for Jameis Winston. Rather y'all want to believe it or not, rather some of y'all rolling your eyes when I say that or not, they would have had a bidding war. But because, unfortunately, he got hurt, now it's going to seem... A little bit easier for him to come back as a New Orleans Saints quarterback. 
because it's going to be like, well, ACL tear plus some MCL damage. Where is he? I don't know if I'm going to take that chance, especially if I am a GM who needs to start winning now. I ain't going to have no job. So might have made it easier for the Saints. So it would not surprise me to see him come back as the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints next season. And I think he's done enough. I, I'm not buying what these not these people that's talking that nonsense talking about because the main issue that like I can the the way that some of these folks move the damn goalposts is unbelievable. At the beginning of the season, everybody was talking about 30 for 30, 30 for 30, 30 for 30, 30 for 30. Oh, he threw 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, 30, 30. Now all of a sudden, he has more touchdowns than interceptions, but oh, it's it, you know, it is not impressive. How the hell is it not impressive? The issue that you had with the guy was the fact that he threw a lot of interceptions. He turned the ball over at an alarming rate. He's not doing that. So for him to completely do a complete, you know what I'm saying, like 180, what the hell are you talking about? Like, you moving a goalpost. Yeah, he's not turning the ball over, but he's not putting the ball in the air as much. What? If he is as bad as you say he is, no matter if he's throwing the ball 20 or 25 times or 40 times, he's going to turn the ball over a lot. So maybe he's not as bad as you think. Or maybe Sean Payton is really damn good at what he does. You look at every quarterback that comes through this organization, get an opportunity to play. You look at Teddy Bridgewater. You look at him going 5-0. and You look at him, you know what I'm saying, getting the best out of Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater has been in Carolina. Teddy Bridgewater has been in Denver, has not been the same quarterback he was with the Saints. You look at Jameis Winston, what he had, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions before his, his injury this past weekend, better in the Saints uniform than he was in Tampa. So all I'm saying is, damn, maybe Sean Payton is a really good coach. Maybe this guy understands what he needs to do in order to make that quarterback succeed or give their quarterback an idea of what his trajectory can be if he turn if he turns his his career around. So maybe we need to be giving this man some credit, but of course they won't because they're gonna continue to move the goalposts because the narrative is that the guy is not good enough to be a starting quarterback. And when he proves that he's capable of winning games and doing a formidable job, eh, it, it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not good enough. He's not throwing for 400 yards. Why? Okay, so you rather him throw for 400 yards and three interceptions, right? Right? That that would make you feel good. So if he was throwing two touchdowns, he was throwing two touchdowns and four, you know what I'm saying, and, and 220 yards, that's not good enough. But if he was throwing for 400 yards and he had two touchdowns, three interceptions, then y'all can go on TV. Well, he had D-Man about, but he's turning the ball over. It's only a matter of time before he calls the Saints the game. Knock it off, man. Damn if you do. Damn if you don't. Anybody notice that they were trying to uh, injure our players on purpose? Uh, they injured Winston, and they tried to injure Simeon, too. Or was I was the only one that noticed? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it did look a little funny. You know what I'm saying? It did look a little funny. Um, but at the same time, they were unsuccessful. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that, you know, Antoine uh, Winfield Jr., I think that was classless, you know what I'm saying? Him 
you eating the W's after Jameis leaves the field with an ACL tear. Now, I will say maybe he didn't know the extent of the injury. But at the same time, man, you got to read the room. You know, you you, you got to read the room, my brother. But at the end of the day, I think he'll learn, man. He'll learn. But I, I like his I, – I like Winfield as, as, a, as a player, man. I like his energy. I think that he's the, the next Earl Thomas. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think he's going to be one of those guys that probably going to be one of those lifers in Tampa. <clears throat> he's like one of those guys that every team needs his his type of energy i just think that that would just dumb j-rock thank you very much for the five dollars uh i do apologize y'all i'm dealing with a little sinus uh cold right now uh just just weather change is crazy uh thank you for the five dollars j-rock says tj you brought up the 1999 rams i'm thinking of the 1990 new york giants led by quarterback jeff Hotstetler uh on offense and lt on defense okay that's a good that's the good one too you know that's a good one too that's a good example you know jeff hostel you know uh phil sims go down had that big magical run you know had that big magical run you know got himself paved by the uh by the raiders yeah i know something about hostella man you know i know about hostella with the with the with the with the uh tom Selleck mustache you know what i'm saying <laughs> Yeah, uh, Jeff Hostella, man, he had a good little run. You know what I'm saying? He got himself paid with the Raiders. I mean, I've seen crazier things happen. You know, I just think that as long as they can play good defense, Simeon don't turn the ball over, get the ball where it needs to be, I think he'll be just fine. Uh, Kim says, sign him back. Uh, He was uh, cooking Tampa. Yeah. Uh, You have to block the media out. Yeah, I don't, I don't pay attention to a lot of this stuff. I'm just t- like, I, I pay attention to it because, of course, me doing this podcast, I have to kind of read the room and understand what's going on here. Uh, but at the end of the day, I don't let them cloud my judgment. And uh, but it just it's just so nonsensical at times. And it's also ridiculous how they just see they just make it seem like you don't listen to what they say, like how they continue to change the narrative week after week as if we didn't watch y'all last week say say something completely different. It, it, it's it's kind of funny when you think about it. Jameis will come a lot cheaper in 2022. I think that it's going to be a, I think it's probably going to be an identical contract, something something of a proven deals like, like it, it was this past year. Uh, the same year Tom Brady won the Super Bowl for the Patriots, Bucks for life. Uh, let's see. A guy at work said the, uh, that play wasn't a horse collar. I'm like, yes, it was. He grabbed his nameplate and pulled them backwards. Well, <laughs> his uh, the way that he, he, you know what I'm saying, he was pulled backwards. I mean, it pretty much uh, speaks for itself on that one, Joshua. I wouldn't even waste my time with that argument. That's just somebody that just, you know, a contrarian just wants to be right. Um, I was thinking the same thing about Winston Future. Yeah, I feel sorry for you Buccaneers, uh, life being trash all those years. Well, look, they're the Super Bowl champions right now, so they're riding high. I don't feel too bad for them. You know, and, and in some ways, I'm, I'm envious of them, you know, because I want what they have. Uh, hey, TJ, I'm hearing a lot of Phil Rivers talk. What do you think? I think, hell no, Joseph. I think, hell to the no uh philip rivers no disrespect to him uh hall of fame caliber career 
did a lot of great things for the Chargers. But no, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I'm, I'm, I never really been a Phillip Rivers fan like that. Um, I think the Saints are okay. You know what I'm saying? And honestly, I think the Saints can do better than Phillip Rivers. Uh, it, honestly, if if I can call up the Chicago Bears and, and and get you know what I'm saying Nick Foles from them, I'll be straight. You know what I'm saying? I, I would I would take Nick Foles over Phillip Rivers. I'm trying to think of some more guys that are out there right now that you know what I'm saying that I would put in their place uh drew lock you know what i'm saying i would take him over you know i would take him over Phillip rivers there's, there's a lot of guys out there i would take over Phillip rivers Phillip rivers is doing a really good job coaching high school football from what i hear so i think he needs to continue to do that he has a lot of kids and i think they deserve a lot of his attention they they've made a lot of sacrifices over the years you know him being away from them finally he can be there for his wife and his kids and i think he he needs to just stay right there um, I'm hoping Jameis and Mike come back and draft a receiver. Oh, yeah, not to mention Cam Newton, too. Um, I hope Jameis and Mike come back and draft a receiver in the first round, and we would be good to go. Yeah, uh, that, the Saints definitely need to draft a receiver uh, in the first round, but what the hell do I know? Uh, the Saints always seem to need something, and they get going a completely different direction. It's like the Saints always, you know, they're, they're about two houses down uh from getting to their destination but this, they decide to turn the corner and, and circle the block before they get to their destination for some apparent reason i don't know but they know their organization better than me i just think it's about time they get themselves a wide receiver a young guy that they can mold and possibly be a number one in the future or if uh, michael thomas continues to you know sustain these different injuries he, the, that guy can step up and give you number one type talent Lattimore was on him even on that touchdown he caught it happens that's the only play Evans had the whole game Lattimore was on him quite well that's why Brady kept going to Godwin yeah I mean Godwin was eating out there and he was uh doing CJ Gardner Johnson dirty you know so I don't think that that interception uh really tells the whole story it's good that he had it and also there was a almost a fumble recovery that was called back but anyway you know I mean look Mike Evans Marshawn Lattimore for the most part you know, Marshawn Lattimore has been winning that matchup. You know, Mike Mike Evans, you know, I mean, he he got that touchdown, but we know these guys have played each other several times, and Lattimore uh, honestly is ahead in points, and Mike Mike Evans got a, a ways to catch up. I'm so proud of Jameis. Uh, he talked the talk and walked the walk. Brady almost had more interceptions in a game than Winston all year. I'm going to be real. <coughs> Excuse me. If Jameis would have stayed in the game, I don't think the game would have been close. I'm just being serious. I I, I think the Saints would have dominated. I'm I'm being I'm being so serious. I think if Jameis would have stayed in that game, I think the Saints would have blew out Tampa. I, I, I that's the way I feel. That that's the way that game was going. The way this dude was playing, the way he was playing in that game before he got hurt, he wasn't gonna lose that game. Like. That was the only way that y'all, they was going, he was going, you know, lose that game. And y'all take him out in which they did. Uh, this is a win-win for us. Uh, Trevor balls out and we go for, or we get Jameis back next year. Trevor uh, is a guy with nothing to lose, nothing scarier than that. And um, I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like the Saints are a team with nothing to lose. Anything the Saints do from this point forward, be, be real who that nation this isn't like a couple years ago when Drew Brees was the quarterback. Now, 
let me let me before I get into this point, because some people I can I can see I can see people right now ready to type. Oh man, TJ talking about the Saints don't need to win. Hear me out. When Drew Brees was the quarterback, we have to understand we felt it was Super Bowl a bust every single year because we had ourselves a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. When the Saints lost, those losses felt like a, a huge boulder coming down on our heads. Now it's like it's like you're going to Vegas and you're playing with house money right now, right? Any anything that happened to you positive, that's great. That's icing on top of the cake. If I lose, well, I'm not losing my money. This is the house money that I'm using right now. That's the way that it feels to be a Saints fan right now. You want them to win. You want to win. You want the expectations of winning. But if they lose, you have a tendency of understanding a little bit more than when Drew Brees was the quarterback. When the Saints are in the playoffs and you have Drew Brees as your quarterback, well, you know, you you, you know what I'm saying? You expect to, to win. And when they don't win, you're kind of ticked off because you felt like you had something special in a quarterback and that quarterback didn't deliver. If Trevor Simeon leads the Saints to the playoffs and the Saints make some noise in the playoffs and they lose in a divisional round or they lose an NFC championship game, yes, it's going to hurt because inside you're a fan, but there's going to be that glass uh, half uh, full type mentality that you have like, Man, dang, man, we we came this far with Trevor Simeon. It's kind of like when Philly lost to the Saints in the divisional round. When you had Carson Wentz and then Nick Foles comes in and Nick Foles, they they end up beating in Chicago because the kicker, Cody Parkey, ha, who the Saints had for about a cup of coffee, missed that field goal. They come to New Orleans and lose. You can tell on their faces like, man, nobody expected us to go this far. Kind of the same way with Trevor Simeon. You're going to feel bad because you're a fan, but at the same time, you're like, eh, we don't supposed to be here. You know, like nobody expected us to do anything. So for us to do anything, <laughs> you're like, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, Funk, uh, <laughs> Funk Winfield, uh, I was mocking, uh, he was mocking Jameis on camera during the Eat the W celebration after Jameis gets hurt. Yeah, that was classless, man. Look, I didn't like the move. Uh, but you know, like I said, he's young, man. He's going to learn. And I'm not going to say, I just dislike the guy. You know, I'm not going to say I just completely dislike the guy because there's always a guy on the team that nobody likes, but if you're rooting for that team, you love him. Like CJ Garner Johnson, like CJ Garner Johnson, we all love, him. but let's just say if he were playing for Tampa, we would hate that guy's guts because of who he is. It's just like the, that, that's just the way the ball bounces sometimes. Uh, change your name to bandwagon for life, bro, not bucks for life. <laughs> I'm mad at you, TJ. Uh, had us waiting last weekend. Do I really do enjoy your show? Roderick, I apologize, man. But like I said, man, I had to recharge the batteries. I wasn't really feeling doing the podcast thing. You know, I, w- I was, you know, I just needed a break, man. I- I'm just being serious. I'm not going to get behind the mic. And give you all, uh, you know, saying a half-ass show. Uh, I'm just not. That's not how I operate. I will never operate like that. I'd rather not do a show than to give you guys half of a show. And I, I, I know when I'm not giving my all. So, Roderick, I do apologize, but uh, just you know, I hope you understand that 
I just want to give you all the best version of myself that I possibly can when I get behind this mic. And if I if I'm if I can't, then I'll never get behind this mic. It just not happen. But I want to take this time to uh mention uh, one of our sponsors, uh, DraftKings. Uh, DraftKings is the new sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. It says football fans who's ready to score some free bets. Now you can when you bet on any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. Now, if Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings giving all new customers a free slot at a million dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. All you have to do is go to DraftKings.com, download the app, and use the promo code SOTS, bet $1, and you will get a $100 credit. So I want to thank the fine folks at DraftKings being the new sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. Let's go ahead and go a little, uh, scroll down a little bit, continue uh, continue the show. Ant-Man, thank you very much for the $2, says, did Jameis have his surgery yet? I haven't heard anything about a surgery. I, I haven't heard anything yet. I'm pretty sure that he did. Usually, like, on those ACL injuries, they try to get those guys uh, under the knife. Um, they, they try to do that relatively quickly. Finally, it took a while, but we finally got here. If Beckham comes to us, you think it would work out? You think he would uh, turn over a new leaf by coming to play at home? Uh, Danny, absolutely. Um, I, I really wholeheartedly believe that Odell Beckham uh, – look, I ain't got no problem with Odell, okay? I just feel like if we're going to be you know, criticizing the media in some situations, we need to really – uh, look at the media in situations that really don't affect us. I do feel like there's this narrative that, you know, with Odell Beckham Jr. that kind of, you know, the media kind of ran with. Uh, I do feel like, you know, that one-handed catch did kind of get to his head, but he's young. You know what I'm saying? He's young. You get starting to get all that attention. You're in New York. You're the toast of the town. We know New York is a big time media market. And, uh, you know, him going to Cleveland, I think that, you know, it, it kind of tells him and shows him that, dang, you know what I'm saying, I had it pretty good, you know what I'm saying, being a number one receiver. So I do think if he comes to New Orleans, I think, number one, uh, he will be the number one receiver off the bat, okay? He ain't got to worry about, oh, I, are they going to throw me the football? No, they're going to throw you the football. Uh, but also, I just think that he's going to embrace that. You know, I think the culture of the Saints locker room, those guys can reel them in. Uh, I just feel like the culture here, the fans, I, I just think that the stars are all aligned. Not to mention uh, Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton will get his uh, career back on track, and I think that people will start to recognize uh, who Odell Beckham Jr. is. You know what I'm saying? Some of us probably, you know, missed him for a while. You know what I'm saying? You're probably going back a couple of years ago. You know, you probably remember how good he can be, but a lot of people forgot Nobody really mentions Odell Beckham Jr. being in that top 10 receiving group anymore, right? But I think Sean Payton will have everybody realizing how special this guy is. And I think that he's going to embrace that, especially like it is different, man. You know, you're playing at home, 
playing in front of the home crowd, playing for a team that you grew up cheering for is different, you know? So I do think that he would embrace that. And I do feel like uh, he would, it would help him to step up. Read a few more and then we're going to get up out of here, folks. LOL, I was about to put uh, an APB out for you. Glad uh, you got some rest. Terry, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, I'm back. Uh, I'm excited about being back. Uh, no New position, new job. You know, just been, you know, and also, like I said, I just had to recharge the batteries. You know, I, I just had to get into a good head space. And uh, I just didn't like the way, I just didn't like the trajectory I was on at the time. You know, I won't get into like full details. Maybe one day if I feel like, you know, I'm in that zone and I feel like it'll be beneficial to a conversation, I will. But I just wasn't on the right trajectory. I was, wasn't was liking what I was seeing in the mirror. And I didn't, definitely didn't like the the attitude that I was getting. And not to mention, you know what I'm saying, some of the the broken promises by, you know what I'm saying, some of the things that I thought would, uh you know, happen. But it, it's, it's a lot, man. So I decided to just take, take a break. But I'm back, man, and I'm excited about being back. And I miss you all, man. And also it's, it's humbling uh, that people reached out, man. People were emailing me, you know, and trying to find ways to get in touch with me. You know, asking me, am I all right? And I must enjoy the show that's humbling. And I appreciate that, you know. The Saints need to try to get OBJ. Well, they tried. They tried, and the Browns uh, proved uh, that they're not shrewd businessmen. Uh, shows that the, that's the reason why they've been in a, been in a basement all these years, you know. But it looks like, you know, the Saints going to have an opportunity because I don't see any team. I don't see any team picking this dude up off waivers. Like you, you, you don't want to pay that type of money. So I do feel like he's going to clear waivers. And why would you even put yourself through that type of situation, right? If you're not a team that's a potential playoff team, why would you sit up there and, and, and pick this guy up, knowing that most likely he ain't going to want to play for your squad? You know that you know that he ain't going to want to play for your squad. So why would you even put yourself in that type of position? I have absolutely no idea. So I do think he's going to clear waivers, and the option is going to be up to him, which it should be. You know, Ronald, thank you very much for the $10. I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, OBJ will be a saint. Name it and claim it. Who wouldn't want to play for their hometown team if the Saints call me? I'll be honest. Now, Ray Ray... I'm going to be real with you, okay? If my hometown team suck, I love them, but I wouldn't want to play for them, okay? I don't like to lose, okay? And if you're a competitor, you ain't going to like to lose, okay? So, I, I look, I'm pretty sure there's some guys that, that are natives of Jacksonville. But if they be free agents, I don't think they'll be running and heading toward Jacksonville. I just don't believe that, okay? I do think that winning, a winning culture matters. I think that coaching matters and, and and no disrespect to any other team. I've seen some of these other teams that can pick them up and have free, free you know what I'm saying? Like first dibs on them. I, yeah, I seen the team, but I'm just being serious. There's not one team on that list. I feel like will give Odell Beckham Jr. A better opportunity to really maximize his potential as of right now than the new Orleans Saints. Like you got to be an absolute fool. If your issue is the quarterback not throwing you the football, you have first wide receiver type talent, 
I mean, come on, man. Like looking at that list, maybe the Raiders. Okay, you know what I'm saying? They they on the playoff run, but I mean, come on, man. Like the Raiders haven't done nothing in years. They're still in prove it mode, right? They're they're having a good run. They're flying under the radar. To me, they're very they're a very good football team as of right now. And John Gruden being gone, I think they're going to be even better. I just feel like he he kind of you know set them back. But when it comes to play calling, when it comes to offensive innovation. When it comes to being heavily involved in the offense, and we all know that Sean Payton will maximize your potential. If you do anything well, he is going to exploit that. Dude had Willie Sneed throwing a ball in, in a division around the playoff. Okay, I mean, come on, man. Like, this dude is like, man, this dude is an offensive guru. So why wouldn't you want to come to the New Orleans Saints? Like, seriously. The Saints are a winning franchise. They, they make the playoffs every year. And you have an opportunity to be a number one receiver with an offensive, innovative coach. Why in the world wouldn't you want to do that? Like, I understand the Raiders got a new stadium, and it looks great from what I hear. My brother, uh, shouts out to EJ. I think he he passed there or something like that, talked about how good it looked. Look, I get all that. Being in Vegas and all that, that's cool. But at the same time, they still are trying to create some type of legacy right now. Why wouldn't you want to play for the Saints? Yeah, I'm serious. If you're an offensive player, why wouldn't you want to go to one of the best offensive play callers in football? Raiders just reconstructed a contract to free up $1 million. Well, like I said, there's opportunity. I'm pretty sure if, you know what I'm saying, they get the opportunity, maybe, you know say they'll do it. I think they were a part of that waiver list, so maybe they want to uh, pick up Maybe they want to pick up that uh that contract. No, maybe they want to. But I'm just saying, if the option was given, okay? If he doesn't clear waivers and the Raiders get him, then it is what it is. But if it's up to him, why wouldn't he want to come to the New Orleans Saints? That, that's all I'm saying. That, that wouldn't make sense to me. Somebody help me make sense of that. Uh, New job, what happened to you? Glad you're back. Uh, I'm not really going to go into details. Yeah, just a job change, man. Job change and, um, you know, title change. And, uh, you know, that, that's about it, man. You know, but like I said, I just had to recharge the batteries, man. Just had to recharge the batteries. I had to, I had to prioritize a little bit better. Uh, the Browns are doing the very thing the Saints tried to get them to do prior to the deadline. And uh, that was cover of this year's salary with a signing bonus. Browns are a terrible uh, front office. They have a terrible front office. I'm going to be real with you. The only reason why they get players right now is because all that losing they've done all over the years, they have, and they have a lot of young players, right? They still got a lot of young players on, on, on rookie deals. They got top five talent on rookie deals. Ronald, thank you very much for $5. Says, TJ, do you think it's going to be all about Sean Payton this year? Yeah, it should be. You know, like, man, look, no matter what your reservations are about Sean Payton, no matter if, you know, me, I was ready to break my TV on, on that goal, on that, in that red zone in the fourth quarter with about a minute left. I was like, what the hell is he thinking? Like, my goodness. Like, why are you throwing a football? Like, run the football to burn the time. I feel like Dennis Allen saved this tail or we would be having a completely different conversation about it. But regardless. No matter what your reservations are, the dude is one hell of a football coach. The dude will maximize 
your potential. You know what I'm saying? Like anything like you're good at, he's going to push it to the max and he's going to use it in order for the Saints to be successful. I will give him that. Okay. So it is about him. It is like the Saints have no business being a half game, you know what I'm saying? A half game away from leading this division. Don't y'all understand? If the Saints beat Atlanta, they 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 lead the division. That is insane. Like, there's not a coach out there that will lose those starting players like that, in my mind. Maybe Belichick. Maybe Belichick. That will be able to muster up as much talent. You know what I'm saying? The muster up that type of talent in order for them to win these games. Like, the Saints have no freaking business even being in a, in a winner circle. Like, seriously. Look at the injuries, man. Look at the players that they lost this season. Look at the guys who have been injured throughout the season. And these guys are still winning. That is insane. You're still four and freaking two? That is insane, folks. That is freaking insane. There's not many teams that can do this. There's not many teams that can do this. So, yes, he is a, he is a special coach. And if the Saints find a way to make the playoffs, he will be coach of the year. There's, there's no way that you can deny this dude being coach of the year if the Saints make the playoffs. No way. Uh, let's see. And I, I ended with this one right here uh, because I uh, got to put my boy to bed. Henry Ruggs, tragic. Absolutely, Ghostface. Absolutely tragic. Um, you know, you know, it's hard for me, uh, to, I don't know, man. I don't want to say I'm, it, it's hard for me to be sympathetic about this type of situation. Now it's, it's, it's awful that the kid made a bad decision that he decided to drink, get behind a wheel and, and kill somebody like it, it's awful. And I, I just, for some of you that probably, you know, heard the show um, in the beginning, you know what I'm saying, when we first started, I talked about my friend Allison. You know what I'm saying? Like, my friend Allison and her son were killed by a drunk driver. The lady that got behind the wheel was drunk, hit them and killed them. And it's hard for me to, I don't know, man, I'm just not in a good spot. Because I can't think about Henry Ruggs without thinking about Allison. So how do I do this? Like, how do I practice forgiveness? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, either way, it just does not make sense. It doesn't make sense. Um, if you're drinking, like, don't get behind a wheel. And I know it's easier said than done. And if I was to sit up here, I'm not, look. I, I'm not going to sit up here and sugarcoat, okay? I think, you know what I'm saying, I've been one of those stupid people that, that, that did that before. I'm just being 100 because I want people to understand this. I'm just fortunate that, you know what I'm saying, I didn't hurt anybody. And if anybody has ever done this before or thinking about doing this, do not do this, okay? Like, get a key to your friend. You know what I'm saying? Get an Uber. 
like do not get behind the wheel and hurt anybody you know what i'm saying like i mean there's a chance that you can hurt somebody and i just hope that these these op- you know what i'm saying these situations can show you and tell you you know what i'm saying that that there's a possibility that you're not just playing you know what i'm saying with your life you're playing with somebody else's life so henry ruggs had to find out the hard way man he's young what are you about 22 23 years old he's young it's sad that he had to lose his football career as of right now, but there are bigger things that's going on right now more than Henry Ruggs' career, and that's that young lady who I feel bad because, you know, her family is missing a daughter right now. So it's unfortunate, but I will say, do not, do not drink and drive. Don't don't get behind the wheel if you've been drinking, and. uh you know, just think about others, you know, think about others before, you know, you think about yourself. And I, it just made me think, you know what I'm saying, to those stupid days back then, like how selfish I was and how I I don't want to be that selfish ever again. So for all my people out there, don't be selfish, you know, and um, it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, but I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate it. Uh, also wanted to uh, mention once again uh, for all the people out there that may have tuned in a little later, uh, we're doing a uh, fundraiser uh, for the Conaway family. Uh, I mentioned uh, my friend Allison, uh, who uh, who died tragically, her and her six-month-old son in a, in a car crash. They were hit uh, by a drunk driver. Uh, want to uh, donate some money to the Conaway family. Uh, the link is uh, all in the description for Facebook as well as YouTube if you want to donate some money uh, to uh, Allison's family, Charles Conaway, her husband. You know, that beautiful family right there, man. It's got just the six-month-old son that uh, Charles is holding and uh, her two daughters right now there in ICU fighting for their lives, man. So really good friend of mine, you know what I'm saying, in college. You know what I'm saying? A, a very beautiful spirit. Uh good human being, man. You know, good mother. And uh, you know, it's sad that uh this situation happened. Okay, so my heart goes out to the young lady um who lost her life in the crash with Henry Ruggs, and heart goes out to the Conway family, man. Y'all keep they keep uh keep those individuals in your prayers uh for all my people that's of of faith. But this has been the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, check out previous episodes on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. Uh, State of Saints podcast, once again, brought to you by Manscaped and DraftKings. Use the promo code SOTS. Download that DraftKings app. And also State of Saints on Manscaped. You save 20% off of your purchase. Thank you all uh, for those that uh, purchase Manscaped. And... Um, yeah, man, I'm just excited, man. Looking forward to this game this weekend versus the Atlanta Falcons. We'll have the prediction show on tomorrow. Uh, who will win that game? I'll break that down for you. Uh, keep those comments coming, man. Thank you all so much for your love and your support. Those that uh, reached out to me, that mean a lot. And um, ready to rock and roll, man. Keep this show going. The State of the Saints podcast. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that? <laughs>